This is Looking for Christ, a podcast that seeks to deepen faith as we look for Christ in all of Scripture. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my good friend and Pastor Oren. And today we are in the Gospel John, chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. All right. Merry Christmas, Zach. <laughs> yeah. So we're recording this at Christmas time, and I think it's appropriate for this time of year. Because we talk about Jesus being the light of the world, right, and being born as light into darkness, which is exactly what John addressing here. Following up verses 16 through 18, um, he basically says, this is the judgment of God, right? This is the judgment that God has uh, issued or given, that light has come into the world, which is the birth of Christ, the coming, the incarnation of Jesus Christ in human flesh, right? And the people, this is the continued judgment. There's just two things happening. Lights come, and there are people who loved the darkness because their works are evil. Mm. And I think there's implication there that they love the darkness, not the light, because their works are evil. And you may say, well, what do their evil, I mean, all of our works are evil apart from knowing Christ, so why the contrast there? Mm. Well, I think the implication here is that they love their evil deeds, Right. Mm-hmm. That we loved being, we love being in sin because it's enjoyable, it's pleasurable, it gives us what we want. But when the light exposes that, when the light comes in and it shines a light into the darkness, we see the pit we're actually in. So the light exposes us, and that makes us uncomfortable. But that's exactly what Jesus came to do—not simply to make us uncomfortable, mm. but to provide a way out of it. And this is what's so um, beautiful about the gospel: Jesus is doing the most kind, loving thing here mm. by saying, this is not good. Yeah. Your works are evil. I've come to, I've come to deliver you from this kind of life. Right. Mm-hmm. And well, what's so crazy is this starts with Nicodemus saying, Hey, How do you're you, a good teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it ends with Jesus, you know, Basically going, saying, you're an evil man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor Nicodemus, yeah. Well, and <clears throat> what I, what my mind is, um, thinks about in verse 19 is there's no real, when you're exposed to light, there's no real niceties, right? You know, like in an office setting where I work, you know, you can say one thing to some, to somebody and mean something totally different. Yeah. Uh, or it, it'd be coming from a place that's not genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do that. Mm-hmm. Like I'll own up and I'll confess that I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's much more pleasant yeah, to be that way. Absolutely. Um, and what Jesus is, what Jesus is saying here is when you're exposed to the light, like no one wants, no one wants that kind of honesty, mm-hmm. right? No one wants just pure honesty because it's right. uncomfortable yeah, exactly, yeah. and because we know the the state of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Like if you saw really what was going on down mm-hmm. there, it would not be pleasant. It yeah. would not be enjoyable. It yeah. would not be, we would not be having these niceties. No, you know? see, we, whenever we, we talk about that, the verses yes, our last session, last episode, I guess I should say, (laughs) under condemnation. So if we're paying attention to our own hearts, we know why Mm. we're under condemnation Mm -hmm. because of our sin. So when the light shines, we're like, oh, no. 
Yeah. Like an exposure. So I thought of an illustration I think you'll appreciate. You 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 work at a, at a lab, you do D, DNA testing. You've seen the like the black light videos, right? Where uh-huh. You go into a room, everything <laughs> looks nice and clean, and yeah. they shine the black light or that UV light on everything. Yeah. And it exposes all the DNA that's been left behind, right? right. And you go, ugh. <laughs> like it's blood or who else, whatever the bodily fluids are everywhere. Yeah. Um, we won't uh, mention those other bodily fluids. Yeah, the crime scene, yeah. And so, but they have to do that to find the evidence, right? Yeah. So this is what happens. We can hide it under, try to clean ourselves up. Mm. But when the light, the, the UV light of God's love yeah. and the righteousness of Christ shines onto our lives, you see all the stuff that we tried to hide. Yeah. You can't get away from it. So then you have to say, well, what do I do about it? Mm-hmm. What do I do? Well, it says in verse 18, believe in the son or yeah. verse 16, believe in God. Right. Yeah. So the light, Jesus came to expose us not to go, aha. Right. Cause he already knew it yep. was, it was like he was trying to find something he didn't already know. Yeah. He came to go, look, Mm-hmm. So the illustration I've used before is like you're in a pit, you're in a dark pit. It's muddy and it's gross, but you love it. You're like a, you're like a pig in slop, right? Yeah, you love it, but it's dark and you can't really see how bad it is. And all your friends are there and everyone's having a good time. And then Jesus comes and shines his light down, kind of where you are. And you go, wait a minute, <laughs> that's what that's what that was. <laughs> this is why it stinks in here. Yeah. This is why things are so bad. Then he comes down. He comes down and out. He picks you up and he drags you out. And you look back down. And you go, oh my goodness. Yeah, this is what I came from. Right. Right. This is where I was. Now look at where I am. This is better. Mm. Right. That's what the light does. It's not meant to just simply make us feel bad about all the stuff we've left, you know, kind of broken right. in our lives. Yeah. It's to show us the way out. But if we love our sins so much that we're not willing to look at the light, mm. we turn our back to it, we close our eyes to it, and we stay in our sin. Yeah. And what I find interesting about what Jesus is saying, especially in verse 20 and 21, mm-hmm. for for everyone who does wicked things, hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. And you kind of see this played out in Nicodemus's life. Mm-hmm. Um, this is sort of the narrative of um, Nicodemus's life. Yep. He comes to Jesus hidden. Yep. I don't want. I don't want to be. I don't want other people to know I'm talking to him. Yep. Um, and so he's kind of. He's kind of exhibiting verse 20 in this conversation. He is. But verse 21, you see Jesus' words take a hold of him. And in John 7, verse 50, there's a ruckus at the courthouse, and Nicodemus comes and stands uh, in and and speaks on on behalf. And don't forget this is a very highly respected right um highly trained revered teacher in Israel. Maybe yeah. the supreme teacher, supreme rabbi in all of Israel. Yeah. So this this, this dude is is big time. Yeah, verse 50 and verse 51 of chapter 7 says Nicodemus who had gone to him before mm. and who was one of them, talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees said to them does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? And what's interesting about this is that Nicodemus is calling others to do exactly what Jesus is saying yep. uh, in verse 21. And Nicodemus is saying, bring the full weight of the law on this man yeah. and and see for yourself what I have seen. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm obviously going a little further than Nicodemus yeah, went sure. there. Yeah, but yes. but but that's that's sort of the that's what I see in verse 21 in Nicodemus's life is but whoever does what is true comes to the light 
so it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. And really, if we're going to be very honest, Jesus is the only one that can bear the full weight of verse 21. Exactly. Um, that can bear the full weight of that law and actually be seen by the light and seen the purity mm-hmm. of his works. Exactly, yeah. Um, this is a beautiful testimony because Nicodemus, and we talked about this early off air, off recording, whatever it is. We're not on air today, but whatever. <laughs> that is one of the time where it's referenced where Nicodemus went when he went to Jesus before and he learned this, he remembers this conversation. Mm-hmm. I believe at some point his heart was changed. Mm-hmm. And he tells Nicodemus here that you are in the light when your works reflect that light mm-hmm. or reveal that you've been in the light. Yeah. Because if your works are evil, it shows you to have it come into the light. Right. So the evil thing in chapter seven would have been for Nicodemus to stand in the shadows and not say anything. Yeah, that's but he true. Stepped into the light and exposed his, at the very least, his fairness to say, like, like, like you said, let's put him. If you're going to put him on trial, let's do it fairly, mm-hmm. and let's see if he can stand up against the law, which he does yeah. perfectly. But they weren't even willing to do that. Yeah, they want to be accusation. They want to be condemning mm. when there was nothing to truly condemn in Christ. Yeah, right. And, well, and that's and they hate the light. They yes. hated the light yep. because just like Jesus is doing here for Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. He's exposing them. Mm-hmm. Jesus had been exposing the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they're like, "Whoa, yep. I, this is uncomfortable. Yep. We got to kill this guy." Yep. I mean, every time they showed up, he flicked on that UV light. They were like, "Yee!" <laughs> and they go running. Right? He's like, "Where you guys going? Come back!" <laughs> and they just hated. They hated it because he was exposing them for being lawbreakers. Yeah, they prided. They, they had a lot of pride on being law keepers. Mm. He exposed them for being lawbreakers, where he was not a lawbreaker. He was yeah. a law keeper perfectly. And I think this applies to us directly. I think this is why a lot of people are really unwilling to engage with Jesus, like truly. Like they mm-hmm. love his love. They yeah. love his mercy. They love his grace. They don't want to talk about perishing. They don't want to talk about judgment. They don't want to talk about condemnation. Well, we have to take both of those things in tension together. Yeah, and how I, kind of going another step, what you just said, they— they love Jesus, but they want to stay where they are. Where they are, yeah. like yeah. Jesus is nice. Mm-hmm. I want Jesus and this stuff. They want Jesus the rabbi, right? They don't want Jesus the Lord, right? So, and the Pharisees would have been fine with Jesus being a really good teacher. I mean, mm-hmm. they may have invited him to join their their ranks. He was so brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I remember, he was twelve years old in the temple, and they were astonished at how much he knew. Mm-hmm. This kid's a rising star of the, of, the, of the scribes of the Pharisees, right? Even out of Galilee, but then he turned on them, or at least they thought he did, because he exposed them, right? Yeah. And I think we as Christians, and that's, well, and I think even saying it that way, it's almost like Jesus. I know you're not saying this, but how I could take it is like Jesus had it out for him. No, no. But they, Jesus was just honest. Yeah. He was pure, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've ever like if you if you've ever come into contact with like uh, I don't know trying to talk to a kid, uh, and they expose you for oh, uh, yeah. you know what you did wrong. Yeah. Like my son Jude. Will expose me for, uh, but Dad, you said right, yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, you get angry, you get frustrated, and that that purity—that's what Jesus was approaching them with. And look, I would say he came after them, but he came after them in love, right? Right. I don't, I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that Jesus despised or hated the Pharisees. He loved them. Yeah, he bled and died for them. Nicodemus was one of them. Joseph of Arimathea was one of them, Mm. right? And so, verse sixteen illuminates all of this passage in yeah. chapter 7 as well. Jesus comes after us with love, but in order for him to get us where he wants us to be, there has to be exposure. We as Christians, and this sounds really weird, we as Christians have to rejoice in being exposed. Mm. 
because he doesn't leave us just there. Yeah. He doesn't strip us naked and point us and go, aha, look at this wretched fool. Mm. He says, come, let me clothe you with my righteousness. Yeah. Right. And so that's the beauty of the gospel is, yes, you are exposed. As Revelation 3 says, pitiful, poor, wretched, naked, blind. Come get your clothes from me. Yeah. Come get your ointment for your eyesight from me. Come buy your gold from me. Right? It's better to be exposed and then brought into fellowship with God than to have to clothe ourselves and stay in the darkness. Because yeah. that's where, as verse six, as verse sixteen and eighteen will tell you, are where we where we perish. Yeah, I like that verse that was sort of a mantra for um, the Marrow Men, that mm-hmm. Scottish Reformation, mm-hmm. forever ago. Um, gosh, what was the main guy's name? I'm drawing a blank now. It was after Knox. Yeah, yeah. he wrote a. Oh, Oh, well. But anyway, it's Isaiah 55, 1 and 2. And it kind of goes with what you were just saying. You know, we're, we're laid bare, yep. and then, and, but yet we're called to come and partake. And, mm-hmm. and I think these two verses really get at the heart of that. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which does not satisfy. Yeah. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Mm-hmm. And so this idea of like, you have no money, but come and purchase it anyway. Yeah. You have my money. Mm-hmm. Like your money's no good here. Yeah. You know, that and sort the, of statement. The Savior that impoverished himself will make you rich. Mm. Yeah. So I, I guess in light of that, let's make a Christmas application. Okay. Right? Um, when, when Jesus says that, that your works have been carried out in God... Mm-hmm. It, it reveals the heart of God in your works. So one of your work, and listen, we are called to good works. We're still to do those things. This Christmas, right, what is your supreme satisfaction? Mm-hmm. Is it having your family together, getting what you asked for, the right food, or is it ultimately Jesus? A new suit. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I love you, Jesus, but man, this suit looks good, right? Like... Like ultimately, and I've asked this question to the church many times, and I'll continue to ask as long as I live, if everything else is stripped away, Mm. the trees, the lights, the presents, the family, the food, if you have nothing, you're sitting in a cardboard box and all you have is Jesus, can your soul still be satisfied? That's one of the greatest works. That's not actually like a deed that we go do. It's a mentality. It's an attitude we have about life that I am supremely satisfied with Christ and then that in itself shines light on every other part of this holiday celebration that makes it so much sweeter. Yeah. So you're thankful for the gifts. You're thankful for the food. You're thankful for the family mm-hmm. and all the things that you have at this time of year. And so let your works expose the light that you're living in and don't hide in the darkness of the world. Like Let the world see that your greatest joy in life is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, what you said made me think of... Uh couple verses in Habakkuk and we'll I'll read that and then we'll we'll be done. Yeah. So Habakkuk 3:17 and uh, through 19. Though the fig tree should not blossom nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Amen. And until next time, Lord, turn our eyes to Jesus.